Kasha! This is Michelangelo, aka Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we are going to be covering more of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 3. So, Urban Legends. Yes. Also known as Urban Legends. Also known as the Image Run. (laughs) Etc. Also known as Pee Pee Poo Poo Pants. I don't know. I got it. You don't like this, these issues, I take it? No, 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 no. These were these these ones were fine. Um, so this is technically the ending, the original, the original ending um, yes. of the image run. So uh, before, like IDW came along later to um, publish a couple more issues in this continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So issue twenty three was the last one, and really like. That's the last thing that happens for Turtles for a while. Because, like, that's published in 1999. Like, nothing happens in 2000 for, like, the first time, right? Like, 84 to 99, something has been published the entire time. 2000, nothing is published. 2001, Volume 1 just barely, or Volume 4 just barely slips in in December. Yeah. So, like, this is, like, the end of an era. I mean, Turtles aren't on TV. They're not being published in comics. They're not, like be made into toys or on the movies like this is it this is the end of like the era of classic turtles yeah like it's really weird to think of uh think of that like this is the end of an era uh like the original turtle mania um and it kind of just sparks out <laughs> I don't, well, it doesn't even term. like finish its own story you know yeah like, so i'm saying like it yeah. kind of goes out with a fart like yeah. it it does kind of uh like you could say it wraps up and there are cliffhangers but like if it ended like that then i was like okay i mean it's not a real ending you know you have yeah it's it's not a real ending but if it ended there and never came back which it kind of did like i would have been okay with that yeah it's it's an ending the way empire strikes back is an ending yeah like it's the (laughs) ending to that yeah (laughs) the ending yeah, because I'm looking at um, Team NT Toys. Like, there wasn't even a toy line at the time. Oh, um, no. There were re-releases of the original uh, 1988 figures in 1999, but that was a, that was about it. Yeah, like, 2003 obviously started in 2003. Um, there was the uh, pilot that Peter uh, Peter Laird was shopping around, that, that CG Turtles mm-hmm. that pops up from time to time because everybody yeah. finds it again. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, there's like a CG 
one there's there was another 2d one that was in production and then like i think the hallmark channel was looking at making a movie or something as well yeah so there were like there was like a bunch of like little projects at the time that uh peter was shopping around to try and keep the brand alive and you know god bless him he tried and you know eventually landed on 2003 so um it worked out in the end it did 2003 was stellar good things come to those who wait so should we go ahead and get into these issues I think so. All right, guys, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So my issue, the first one, was released in May of 1999. Our story is by Gary Carlson, art by Frank Fosco, inks by Mark Hike, colors by Adam Gazowski, for the Urban Legends version. That's what we're reading from. Letters by Pat Brasso, Original series editor Eric Larson. Co-editors Elizabeth Bree and Megan Brown. So our story starts back in the museum with Donatello and Horridus. They are fighting Triceratons there. And Donatello has blasted a Triceraton out of the museum and into the cops that are sitting outside. They're coming in, and Donatello decides that uh, they really don't need him to stick around. So he bolts. Meanwhile, Horridus, just before he bolted, got teleported away with the Triceraton, trying to get answers about where she's from since they seem to recognize her. Elsewhere in the sewers, Michelangelo, Casey, and Leatherhead are fighting at the Triceraton invasion, coming in through the transmat from the previous issue. And in comes the cavalry, Leonardo with... Raphael and his foot clan they helped him fight the triceratons off michelangelo smacks into the transmat with his nunchucks and gets shocked but luckily he survives this actually shuts down the transmat the triceratons have stopped uh, locking in on the location and have stopped coming uh, leatherhead is kind of chilling out now after having freaked out at mikey for destroying his machine they realize it was necessary Shredder leaves with his foot clan and the uh, and Leatherhead and the Utrom he's with start talking about repairing the transmat. Back at April's apartment, April's talking to Donatello, uh, calling him in, and she ends up finding Raphael. I mean, she ends up finding Splinter tied up and passed out on the floor. Uh, meanwhile, back at the uh, sewer next to the transmat. Horridus reappears with a Triceraton that she was attacking for some reason. And then Leatherhead just goes total savage beast mode on that Triceraton, starts attacking him and biting him and kills him savagely, or is about to before he gets teleported away. Uh, meanwhile, though, Michelangelo is uh, happy to be reunited with Horridus. And they don't really know what to do about Leatherhead disappearing. So now Raphael is uh, popping back into uh, his hideout. He is super pleased with his foot ninjas that he's trained. They've had an excellent victory. But then he is ambushed by four other foot ninja that he recognizes from when the Japanese foot came to New York. After dispatching the four warriors, two guys that claim to be leaders from the Japan branch of the foot leaders of the whole entire Foot Clan, two of five, 
they say that they've heard Raphael, uh, well, that they've received Raphael's message to have his branch of the foot recognized, but they say that he cannot be recognized until he faces Pimico, who is also is challenging him for the mantle of the Shredder. She uh, faces off against him, but before they fight, this issue ends. Bum, bum, bum. Next up, let me tell you a story. This is TMNT Volume 3, also known as Urban Legends, issue number 22, originally published July of 1999. Again, story by Carlson, pencils by Fosco, inks by Hike, letters by Brasau, and colors for the Urban Legends version by Gazowski. So uh, let's check in with everyone real quick. We've got Leo and Don. Leo is having nightmares about having a hand made of Donatello's parasitic cyborg metal, and it's trying to take over his body. Donatello wakes up Leonardo and real, reveals that, yes, he did help Leo make a metal hand, but it's not made of any sort of metal that's going to try and take over his body. They go off to train so Leo can learn to use the prosthetic hand. Uh, Michelangelo and Horridus, they're uh, making out on a couch before Horridus is called back to duty with their superhero team, SOS. Uh, we check in with Splinter and Dr. X, the Utrom. They're playing a game of chess and they're annoyed by Mikey and Horridus making out on the couch. Casey and April, uh, they're attending a parade in Casey's honor, having been made a hero for his killing of the Komodo lizards in the sewers, or at least, you know, his taking credit for Leo's killing of the Komodo lizards. Little do they know that Don Puzzarelli is watching and sees his granddaughter Shadow on TV and promises to get her back. Uh, but the bulk of this issue is Raph and Pimico and, and their battles. Raph is preparing for his battle with Pimico, foregoing the shredder armor and donning a new skullcap mask. Uh, the meat of this issue then is them fighting with Raph eventually getting the upper hand and cutting off Pimico's lethal clawed ponytail. Raph refuses to kill her, much to the chagrin of the Japanese foot leaders. Raph says he doesn't actually need the Japan branch's permission to lead the New York foot clan, but the Japanese leaders order all the ninjas to kill Raph, and they all obey, even Raph's own clan. Raph puts up a fight, but he knows it's a losing battle. He sees his right-man hand, Chang, who tries to usher Raph behind a curtain to safety. However, it's a setup. Behind the curtain is a woman in a suit of shredder armor. Raph believes it's Pimico, but then Pimico actually shows up beside him. Chang reveals that this is a new shredder, Lady Shredder. Dun-dun-dun. To be continued. To be concluded! Here, in issue number 23, release date October 1999. Leonardo is sparring with Mikey in the sewers when Mikey gets shot and gets in a shot with his nunchucks that knocks Leo's bionic hand off his forearm. The two go back to April's apartment building and Leo complains to Donatello about the hand. The brainy turtle then states that he'll look into it in a minute once he's finished making an exoskeleton for Dr. X. The brothers stand at the robotic with the robotic body at its feet and Dr. X climbs in and is quickly walking around the room. The Utrom is very happy to be mobile once again. Leonardo asks about his hand and the cyborg explains that he'll have to use some of his living armor to attach the hand permanently. Leo refuses to do this and presents a metal cap that he uses instead saying that he much prefers this when a giant sword pops out of it. Shadow then arrives to tell the guys that April wants to see them and asks to keep Leonardo's unused bionic hand, which he then gives her, because that's a thing you give a child. 
Casey's at the local bank trying to cash his $10,000 reward check, but the teller informs him that the bank account that the check is drawn from has been closed, so she can't give him any money. Jones gets very angry and starts yelling at the woman, and she presses the panic button in fear. Casey continues to shout until a security guard clubs him in the head. Back at April's apartment, April and Splinter have arranged a surprise birthday party for the Turtles. Shadow asks Mikey how old they are, and the ninja surmises that they might be 19 years old by now. Little girl then asks if it's also Uncle Raph's birthday, and Michelangelo states that it is, and then he wanders off where his brother might be. Master Splinter says that Raphael hasn't returned their calls and apparently feels that the Foot Clan is more important than his family. April then hands out some presents and the guys open them. Everyone gets a copy of Mike's first novel, A Rose Among Thorns. Mikey is overjoyed to see that April managed to get his book published and explains that, and she explains that Oprah loved it, pretty much guaranteeing that it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. The phone rings and April reports that she has to go. Casey's been arrested and she's got to go bail him out. April then asks her friends to watch Shadow and Donatello says that he'll keep all four eyes on her which he then uses to make a mechanical doppelganger of himself, because he can do that now. Don explains that his body doesn't have a mind of its own, but it's operated via remote control. Shadow's excited and asks to play with the remote, and Don hands it over to the little girl, because that's a little thing you give to a little girl. Master Splinter suddenly collapses on the floor. Dr. X rushes forward in his new body and discovers that the turtle sensei has fallen into a deep but fitful sleep. Eventually, Splinter awakens and informs everyone that he was dreaming that he and Orokusaki were fighting together against Raphael and Pimico, but the memory of the dream is quickly fading. Suddenly, Pimico arrives and tells our four heroes that she and Raphael were battling a new Shredder, who Raphael has said had fought with Splinter's skill, and while she managed to escape, Raph was captured. The Turtles doubt her story, but she explains how she and Raph fought for the right to lead the New York branch of the Foot Clan, but had both lost to the mysterious leader. Pimico then states that she'll need to get their help to help rescue Raphael because she owes him her life. Pimico leads Don, Mikey, and Leo among the rooftops along until they spy a large group of foot led by the new Shredder holding Raph hostage preparing to kill him. The turtles then attack and Leo faces against the female Shredder while Donatello frees Raph. Pimico takes out some elite guards and Leo is fighting the Shredder. The woman speaks to him as if she knows him and is surprised that he doesn't recognize her. The Shredder then strips Leo of his katana, but she's unaware of the blade hidden in his new metallic arm cap, and Leo wounds her. Raphael faces Chang, and when they fight, the healer informs Raph that he stole Master Splinter's skill in Nujitsu while he was in the astral plane. Raph then surmises that Chang didn't heal Splinter. He actually has been draining him of his life force the entire time. Chang then announces that once Splinter is dead, he will inherit all of his knowledge and abilities. Our heroes, now including Pimico, manage to take out the rest of the foot, and they surround Chang. The mystic foot tosses a grenade, and Leo scrambles to grab it. Don morphs into a cannon into his arm, and Leo drops the bomb into the barrel. Donatello fires it into the sky, and it explodes into a massive fireworks display. During the distraction, Chang makes his escape, however, and as the other members of the Foot Clan. Raphael wants to give chase, but Leo says that their rescue mission has been accomplished and that they should let their adversaries go. Right now, they have something more important to attend to. Their birthday party. Mikey, Don, and Leo run towards home. Mikey calls out to Pimico that she can come too if she promises not to start any fights. Raph and the female ninja stand alone on the roof, pondering their next action. Raphael asks the woman what she wants to pursue, family or foes. 
Pimico then states that she's done enough fighting in her life and would like to try family out for a change. Then the two ninja head off in pursuit of the other turtles. What an ending. What an ending. The, the series just, it stops there. You have no idea who this lady shredder is who is supposed to be someone they know. You know, you're left with this mystery. Yeah, it it... It, it 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 sets up like it clearly did not want to end at this issue. No, no, like, like they kind of wrote something that could be interpreted as an ending because they knew it had to be the end, but like it was not a satisfying complete series ending. No, well, and like I have this written in anchovies for issue twenty three, but my, we're already talking about now. Like, yeah, who is Lady Shredder? Do we know if Pimiko is actually Orokusaki's daughter? Like she claims uh like what are casey and april gonna do because that check bounced and why did the check bounce and like where is leatherhead because he's yeah. maybe lost in space and like what's shadow gonna do with that hand like there's a lot of stuff just kind of hanging around out there so i think that's stuff we should all talk about in the second time around hey nice junk so reference I caught right off the bat in the first issue is Donatello says Hyo Silver away. It's from the Lone Ranger. Yes. Is that <laughs> where it's from? <laughs> I always thought it was from uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that I mean that was that was fun. Yeah, um, yeah. They do a lot of cultural references. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean that and that's kind of a thing like in Turtles in general. Like mm-hmm. in Mirage, like it was all references to bad shows that Kevin and Peter had watched. And now like the, now the prop, the pop culture references are a little bit more broad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that makes it more fun because more people will understand the joke now. Yeah. Um, they say it's been three years since the turtles last saw Leatherhead. So just throwing that out there. Uh, everything seems to happen in three years for the turtles. Like it was three years between them killing Shredder and, turn to new york and stuff like it's probably donatello doesn't just have a watch set for three years like well something crazy gonna happen also jump jumping ahead (laughs) um you know in issue 23 we find out that the turtles are 19 so this whole this whole series has been over the course of a year yeah yeah but then they say it feels like three and at this point the comic is three years old (laughs) yeah that's a good bit that's that's all right yeah that's a good bit Uh, so Spencer, you mentioned that like the the guys that come from Japan say they're two of the five leaders of the Foot Clan. They yeah. do. They do say that. Which is this like this is like the first time they've ever codified it. Um, but if you go back to like issue one, the very first issue of Mirage, you mm-hmm. see like when they're promoting Orokusaki, there's actually like seven people there. So it's possible that they've like consolidated power, or just weren't thinking that far ahead. Either way, because we know that because they do talk about in the story that Karai has stepped down and that mm-hmm. she is no longer there. So that's like, six right there. Straight. Yeah, yeah, that would bring it down to six. So there could have been someone else that either died or no. Maybe. I like. I don't think that was intentional, uh-huh. but I do like how we can headcanon fix this. Well, here's here's the headcanon because because we because we would know Shredder Karai would taken, be. Yeah, Karai is gone, and then maybe Shredder was taking one of the other seven's place. He was retiring. Now that he's dead, there's only five. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at us. We fixed it. Perfect. Uh, There's also a reference to, uh, they mentioned Rapunzel. And then he he said, like Donatello says, that he can't remember if it was from 
Master Splinter reading him a story as a kid or if it was from Fractured Fairy Tales and Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yep, fantastic cartoon. I I remember the movie existing, but that's you remember Rocky and Bullwinkle the car, the movie existing yeah, existing ah gotcha I don't think I was ever able to actually see it I think I remember I think I remember people like turning into like food or something like that or vegetables like vegetable people I don't Rocky know. and Bullwinkle yeah like it was like it was a live action movie that they made and like there were people like they were they were spies and I don't know very vague memories very vague memories robert de niro's in that movie but that that, that was my only memories of rocky and bullwinkle i remember from what i saw as a kid i thought it was interesting and wanted to see more rocky and bullwinkle but i never did i never saw the rocky and bullwinkle movie like i used to watch the heck out of the show um yeah i I never i never got around to the movie keenan and keller in this movie holy cow gene garofalo's in this movie Patchett Brewster's in this movie? I have to watch this movie, man. No, don't. It's really bad. <laughs> it's got it's, everybody. Holy I know. Hell. It it has like so many people. Like, um, God, who I think was it Jason Alexander as Boris? Yes. And then Natasha was um oh God. You don't Renee, see her in much anymore. Renee Rousseau. Yeah. I was like, you don't see her much anymore. Yeah, Rene Rousseau. I just remember um, I used to go to like Universal Studios out here a lot. And I don't think it was a Universal movie, but there were ads for it like everywhere in City Walk, which is like the like the big mall outside of um, Universal Studios. It is a Universal picture. Oh, then there. Okay, so there you go. That would explain exactly why (laughs) that was there. So I just Googled it. I do not remember the CGI looking that bad as a child. Oh, it was atrocious. Oh, yeah. oh, CGI, CGI in general just ages terribly. Well, it was just in the 2000s, especially, you know, just the, that early 2000s CGI. I mean, there's like shows that used it like Cubics, Robots for Everyone. Actually, you mm-hmm. know, fun fun fact. I just rewatched the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, uh-huh. like the, the, fir- the, the first three movies. Yeah. And that CGI still holds up. And yeah. that's early 2000s. Hmm. Early, early to mid 2000s like i mean i'm talking like 1999 year 2000 you know, like, well <laughs> 1999 is not 2000 you're not wrong well, but like 2000 came out in 2000 was made in 99 right yeah yeah like 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 90 like late 90s like really early 2000s it's like 2000 i mean the first the first pirates movie is 2003 so that would have started pre-production in like in the year 2000 yeah yeah well but like that's the thing is like when movies that were coming out in like 2003 it started looking good like, you know, that's when you kind of started having more of your, like, Revenge of the Sith was probably in production at that time, you know, like. Yeah, Attack of the Clones had just come out. That was yeah. 2002. In 2002. And that one is is a little rough at some, pet, you know, parts. There's still some rough edges there. But, like, there's also some good in it as well. But, uh, like, 2000, like, but the, you know, Revenge of the Sith looks really solid. You, you had solid stuff coming out. Lord of the Rings, you know, was coming out, out around that period, too, and also has great CGI. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, is so yeah. the question, guys. <laughs> is Rocky's the squirrel, right? Yeah, Rocky's Rocky okay. the flying squirrel and Bullwinkle the moose. Okay, all right. Got it. Thank you. 
But anyway. right, should we get back to Ninja Turtles? Oh yeah, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> is that what we do? Is that what, is that the show we're on? That's, uh, so yeah, so dream. that was just, that was a fun thing. I knew, I knew we were going to talk about. It. I knew we were going to segue on this too when I read that last night. I just had a feeling we were going to get stuck on Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> it, it, it's a thing that is very like us to get stuck on. Yeah. Well, okay, one more one more Rocky and Bullwinkle thing. Um, so uh, the woman who played uh, Rocky. Uh, June Foray, like legendary voice actress, um, literally like played him until she died. Uh, really? In like her nineties, like, I think she was ninety nine when she passed away finally. Uh, but like legendary voice actress, she she had been playing Rocky since the fifties. Hmm, that's amazing. That oh yeah, like I, I, I think she was going to appear at something and she passed away before she appeared there that I was going to. Mm. So didn't get to meet her. No, that's too bad. Yeah. But it's just that early 2000 CGI, like that, a 3d CGI Ninja turtle teaser that, you know, people kind of pass around that just honestly, it is about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, the action looks fluid and like, I've seen some of the fight choreography from that thing that actually looks pretty good, but the CGI itself just looks so bad like everything from that period kind of looks like a nightmare especially like humans but anyway <laughs> uncanny valley yeah it, it it's like a weird like motion capture thing anyway anyway yeah back, back, back to back to ninja turtles <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else for second time around for 21 uh it was interesting that pimico came back um like I I didn't expect to see Pimico again, um, but I mean she has less spikes this time. I feel like. I think you're right. I think she lost some spikes along the way. Same number of straps though, and then yeah, the same, same number of straps. I can't same pantslessness. <laughs> she still needs pants. Right. Like it just was a decent pair of pants. Oh man. That's the second time we've made that reference. Um, I can't hardly put on pants without making that reference. <laughs> okay, I work from home, so I, I work. I live in gym shorts, so I don't make it all the time. But <laughs> I envy you. You see, my problem is I grew up a little bit later, so for me, it's the Lego Movie. It's like, honey, where are my pants? That, that's my I, I got it I guess that's a good reference. I'm gonna watch the Lego movie again I haven't seen that in a while yeah, that's got know. a Ninja Turtle in it there we go we brought it there around we go. Yeah. six degrees of Ninja Turtles all right are you ready for issue 22 yeah uh, the only thing I got for this is uh, if you remember way way back when the turtles fought the Mausers back in like issue two it's Leonardo who says robots make my skin crawl and he still seems to have an issue with like organic metal I think intentional or not, I think that's a cool thing that they've kept that character trait up. Yeah, like I I kind of liked that too. Um I wouldn't mind seeing that be a thing. Like I like I know they kind of did it um in IDW and the Donatello um mi- micro issue. Uh-huh. Um where like Leo is like trying to feign interest in Donnie's like tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but like clearly doesn't understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that for Leo. Mm-hmm. 
for me, what I really liked about it is to me, it's less about him having problems with robots and more about him having problems with losing control, you know, like, like, cause that parasitic armor, like try to take over Donatello several times, you know, he often seemed like he had control of it to me. That's kind of what it's, you know, it was like his big fear more than anything is like not having control anymore, you know, losing control mm-hmm. of things and, and having something that he can't control. And maybe that's why he doesn't really like tech in general. If he's bad at using it is because he can't really control it very well. But. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. It really actually as a personality trait for him. Uh, that's kind of how I read it, but I mean, yeah. we all know Leonardo does not have a personality beyond leader. So. Right. It's the only, it's the only one that is uh, a single word personality trait. Yeah. The other one is does machines, party dude, cool but rude. Leonardo's always in control. <laughs> the wise my guy. My is favorite part Michelangelo. of that theme song. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of that theme song is that they're trying to get control to rhyme with Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. Donatello's the brains of the bunch. Yeah. Count on Raphael to throw the first punch. God. Ugh. God, Bum. I got Bum. Uh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> Nails on a chalkboard. So good. So good. Such a great theme song. <laughs> uh, turtles counted off. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Um, what are we on? Issue, <laughs> issue number uh, 22. 22. Second time around. Yeah, that's all I had for a second time around for that one. Yeah, I, I, that was all mine. Mine was the fractured fairy tales thing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see, issue 23. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but Leo's sword hand makes a snicked sound. When it comes I out. did notice that. Yes. Uh, so that is the popular, that is the official onomatopoeia for Wolverine's claws coming yeah. out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, and I think they have an editor's note about it in the issue, but like Chang pulls out a thermite grenade, which is. Mm-hmm. How the they shredder did. killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh I had that in um I had that in uh Love Being a Turtle, but since we're gonna bring it up here, I thought that it's it's neat, it's a fun reference and like the fact that everybody recognizes it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's not just the editor's no calling it out, it's the turtles like, oh dang. One well, of these again. Even Chang himself is like, here's a little here's a little thing I learned from you know from Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't learn well enough, though, right? Because that's like how he died. <laughs> but whatever. Well, yeah, that's about all I had as well. Well, I think like at least Chang learned to throw it. That was that was Shredder's. Uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got for these two. There was a apparently the Teletubbies were a thing around this time too. Because um, Shadow mentions that she sees them at the parade. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which that was just a weird, like, not a dated reference, but it was just kind of like, oh, I guess the Teletubbies have been around that long. Let's let's go on go on a tangent here. How long have the Teletubbies been around? Teletubbies. I mean, at least since 1999. At least since 99. It's your thing when I was a kid. Same. I don't remember a world without Teletubbies. A world without Teletubbies. That sounds like a um, holy cow! Four hundred and eighty-five episodes. Wow. Yeah, when 
all of them are essentially the same thing. It's kind of easy to produce them. Yeah. Do babies really need that many episodes of Teletubbies, though? Like- I mean, how often? Okay, to be fair, how often did we recognize that when episodes covered the same stuff? I know I did. I mean, I did too, but like, I'm talking about babies here. Like, that's that's who's watching Teletubbies. You right, know? So, original release was 31 March 97, March 31st, 1997 to February 16, 2001. So, about four years. Then it was revived in November of 2015 until October of 2018. She so said it was in so nine three years. 97 to 2001, so four years, and then 2015 to 2018, another three years. Okay, I mean, so it's still, you know, it's 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 about that time. Because I, I remember I remember it being like everywhere. Yeah, it was a big deal there for a bit. Yeah, it's it's as old as I am. It came out the same year I was born. Wow. Spencer and Teletubbies. Who knew? Yeah. I learned the other day that they began filming the Phantom Menace on my birthday. And it's an honor. It really <laughs> Like I, I'm so happy at this information. Like the day I was born, they shot the first scene for the Phantom Menace. Anyway, feels good. Feels good, man. All right. Should we move on to things we didn't like about these issues? I think so. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So a lot of Leatherhead's dialogue in this issue kind of sounds more like the Turtles. Like yeah. He's got like a it's whole like, lot of like snarky one-liners that just don't feel yeah. very Leatherhead in any of his, any version he's ever been in. It, it it never really seems like he's losing his intelligence because he just talks like the Turtles. And then it's like, does it imply that the Turtles aren't, aren't smart anymore? <laughs> like it, it, it really felt like they're telling us he's losing his mind, but they're not really showing us in like in the dialogue or anything like he's forgetful at some points where he's like oh yeah i forgot like but that doesn't it doesn't seem like he's turning into the feral beast that they keep saying he is well why is it happening to leatherhead not the turtles wasn't isn't leatherhead older than the turtles like wasn't he mutated Mm. before like in idw in IDW, yeah, definitely. But that's what I'm saying. Like in yeah. IDW, he's like a hundred something years old. But like, isn't that the same thing here? Kind of. I don't know that we know that necessarily. Uh, I'd, I'd rather not like have like the Ninja Turtles version of Flowers for Algernon, though. So hopefully, not. That's not the case. <laughs> that's a that's a bull. Um, <laughs> okay, so one thing I didn't like in 21 because it never. I if it came back up, I missed it. But like when uh they go to check on Splinter and he's tied up with the telephone cord, it doesn't come back up. No, it doesn't. Like who did it? <laughs> yeah, because like the last couple of issues, like he fought off Pimico and tied her up with a phone cord. Yeah. And she escaped. And then the April's like, oh man, he looks so bad, he's all tied up with a phone cord. Then the next issue, he's just like playing chess with Dr. X. Yeah, I like I thought I missed something, but I but I didn't like and I I guess it's kind of foreshadowing that like you said, like he tied up Pimico with the phone cord and Pimico reappears at the end of issue 21, which 
somebody tied up Splinter with a phone cord off screen or off panel. Um, so that's kind of foreshadowing that she's coming back, but it's so random and it never, nobody ever asks who did this. Yeah. yeah. So you don't think about it. It's a plot thread that totally gets dropped. Like, Well, it's not even a plot, plot thread that gets dropped. It's like, I, I feel like it had to have been a reference to Pimico. Like it, it's foreshadowing for Pimico. It has to be. It is. If, but it, like- if, it, if it isn't, that would be so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it is it's just it seems like they like changed directions which maybe they heard that they had to end this book and so then they were like oh crap all right we have to throw pimico in right here you know we have to have this challenge happen now we were going to have her tie up splinter and then do this you i mean know, but like, you just you just add one more panel of like but, who did this and then you have yeah. pimico come back but also like why because she was there to get Raphael, wasn't she yeah. So, like, why so, would she, like, why why would she, she go double to the back? First? Yeah. Why would she yeah. go to the apartment first and then double back? Unless Pimico, like, because I don't, has Pimico been around since Raph became leader of the Foot Clan? Yeah. Cause she attacked, uh, she attacked Splinter initially and Splinter bested her. And then she escaped uh, by kicking the table and the tea into his face. Right. So that would have meant that she would have escaped knowing now that Raphael isn't in the apartment and is with the foot clan and uh she then would like double back beat up and tie up splinter and then just like run off that's what i'm saying like pimico Pimico didn't didn't know that raph was the leader of the foot clan right not until she came to see not until she uh ambushed splinter i don't think like it, it ambushed splinter in this issue or no, last in, in the last issue. Okay, that's yeah. what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't remember if she had seen that or not. Maybe they thought that like Pimico was still there, and so she had to tie him up to get like maybe maybe it was like a miscommunication with like the writer and the artist, and the artist was like, "Oh wait a minute, didn't like Pimico get out of there last time?" Or <laughs> it's also well, possible mean... that like Splinter was doing something embarrassing, and so like April just like untied him, and they never spoke of it again. I, don't I mean, know. I mean, honestly, okay, because because we do because then the other thing could be foreshadowing is splinter um being weak because chang is sucking out his life force maybe, which maybe i thought chang, it also could have been maybe chang took over his brain and tied himself up and then, I mean, maybe but like it, it's such back. a specific thing that he tied himself up with that he's tied up with the phone cord it would have been yeah. better if he had just passed out and then like the phone was on top of him but they make it a point to say who tied him up and then that's why it's like that's why it's bugging me so much. Yeah, because it's a Chekhov's gun that never pays off. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just you kind of wonder where they were going with that and like why it happened and how it happened because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a miscommunication. It seems like the the answer is he was supposed to have just passed out, but then it was drawn with him being tied up, and then text was added to say he's tied up with a phone cord. And then yeah, know? and it's like it's like. <laughs> It's like when you try to fix a small problem, but you keep making the problem bigger. Right. <laughs> Just keep digging that hole. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of it uh, for that was that was actually my main thing. That was the only yeah. thing I didn't really like. Yeah. Yeah. My my only thing with twenty one besides besides that is uh, that Mikey's nunchucks are apparently like telescoping. Like he he goes to hit the control panel and he's like. 
he's like 40 feet away and his nunchucks just like stretch all the way out and then hit the control panel and make this cartoonishly long nunchuck to be fair that is accurate to it's accurate to a lot of cartoons where the model just kind of changes and so his nunchucks are as long as they need to be for the shot Mm -hmm. so but in 2012 they do canonically make it so that it extends it is just like stretchy and even before they decided to like make it canonically extend like it's all it was all over the place and they're like <laughs> oh yeah it, it extends that's why it's been this way i, I don't yeah. know yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all i have for that issue yeah that's all i had too that was 21 or 22 that was 21 uh 22 i i had the same issue that you had in 21 which was why is splinter just playing chess now Mm-hmm. yeah so like splinters and it's like no, like you said nobody talks about it again and it's just it's just so yeah. weird um Frustrating. what i didn't like um I, I think was it this issue and then like 23 but like leo and mikey are incredibly horny now yes <laughs> incredibly <laughs> horny yeah and to like to the point where like it started getting uncomfortable again. Yeah. So it's getting like really creepy and weird. You know, you have like Michelangelo, which I also didn't like since he's like he has a girlfriend, you know, he calls Hortus his girlfriend. But then he's like, Oh yeah, I'll follow her anywhere, talking about Pimico. And like yeah, they they just they're thirsty little teenagers. Yeah. Yes, sure. And it's like it's so weird um and just it, it's just it's so weird and gross and it it's it i don't like it it's like the one thing i don't like when the tur- like it's fine if the turtles think somebody's cute like i thought mikey and hortus were cute at first and then it gets like weirdly horny yeah yeah like i'm even fun with them like making out on the couch like that for me is kind of just like all right yeah that's kind of a you know teenagery thing to do like you know it's just kind of you know it's like yeah and, having a and it's like they're they're 18 now and and you know turn they turn yeah. 19 like i get it but it's, it's just it's it so into, like, weird it's when it gets into like the oversharing territory you know like when michelangelo makes a comment about hortus's boobs you know like yeah, yeah that they're really nice or whatever to leon it's kind of just like i don't know it's just a weird too too much information kind of thing yeah like it's i get that you guys are brothers and you guys are close but that's that's a little tmi buddy yeah agreed uh let's see issue 23 my my big issue with this was that donatello can just suddenly duplicate himself yeah i mentioned i mentioned that like because that's apparently just a thing he can do now yeah well he's just able to learn new stuff with his armor i don't know i'm cool with it for me it's just like oh yeah he's just learning new tricks and new things that to do with his armor it but it seems like i get that this is like weirdly alien tech um that can apparently just do anything but it's it just feels like too much of, of like the deus ex machina that just can do anything they need it to and so it's like I don't know. I think I, what I, I don't like about it is that it's another full size, solid replica of Donatello, and he's like 
not bleeding out or anything because he sent all of his metal yeah. to make a duplicate. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's like, my he issue. Doesn't, with he doesn't it. get like smaller. It's not taking like pieces off of him. Well, the metal can regenerate. Well, no, we know the metal can regenerate, but it's like, like you can but use it, regenerative abilities to generate more metal. It just takes energy. I know. I, I get that. It just that's that's what I'm saying. I don't like about it either, though, because it like it doesn't. Other than like him saying like, oh, it just takes a lot of energy out of me. Like, there's no like physical cost. It looks like, like, because earlier we've seen because uh, when he like lost the armor, he was like getting smaller. Remember, like when when he lost like pieces of it, yeah, and it's like that that would make sense if he's like taking pit bits off of him, like you know, show him losing bits of armor, like give give this a a, a bigger cost than like oh, I'm a little tired now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed to come out of left field for me. In like the antithesis of him, like being like, oh, I can make a jet engine, but I don't know how to make jet fuel. Like that, like that was like a cool process of him, like learning about doing it. This was just like suddenly he's like, "Hey, I can make a uh, giant exact replicas of myself with no problem," you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah. That was the the first instance was really good writing, and this kind of felt a little lazy. And like, I don't know, I don't know why he needs to do that because he's got so many other powers already, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's like, and and you actually bring up a good point because it's like he has to kind of know how to build this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of jumped to Donatello knowing how to essentially create a homunculus. Well, I mean, he has to have like the details of the plans in his armor to know how to do it. So like for the for the jetpack, he had he had plans in his like already downloaded in, the, in his memory cores that he had to find, you know, inside. Right. So he can find how his body's physiology looks and like how the armor knows how it works. So I feel like it could create itself again. Yeah, in his form, but I could see that. I, I maybe I just wish it was written a little better. It was written in a way that explained it the way you just did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's really all I all I had to say that was negative about these. Well, then should we talk about what we love? I think so. Oh, I love being a turtle. Shredder Raph, like every single time, like I I really love Shredder's arc as Raphael. I mean, Raphael's arc is Shredder, I should say. Just, just a Rokusaki, full armor with, like, the bandana around his already huge helmet. <laughs> it's Cowabunga Shredhead, but this... Right. Time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I love uh, Shredder Raphael. I, he also speaks Japanese, they reveal in one of these issues, which I think is yeah. an awesome little little tidbit. I, it was one of those things where it's like, especially since like Splinter has like the accent in all of like the movies and everything else, that like he probably speaks Japanese. So like, why wouldn't he teach his sons Japanese? You know? Yeah, yeah. I I do like too that like uh, after after the the fight in issue twenty one, which is amazing, right? It's like Triceratons, Foot Clan, Casey Jones, Leatherhead. Like, oh yeah, it it's me with all my action figures on the floor of my room, just like smashing them together. You know, it's, it's yeah. amazing. But then after that, like Raph is super excited. He's super proud of his foot plan. But he's also, he tells Leo to like put in a good word with Splinter, which is like, you know, they kind of had a falling out when, when Raph became Shredder, but like clearly he still yearns for his uh, uh, approval, which I think is yeah. a cool, cool character trait. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there's all that. And I don't know. 
yeah, like you said, it's like it's like playing with your toys, you know. And that's it reminds me of like in the IDW series when you have like that whole fight where it's like the foot versus the EPF versus the Triceratons when they come, and like mm-hmm. you have all them against each other. This is kind of like on that that same level. It's just so it's just fun to see all these characters and all these things just collide that are all your favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Carlson, man, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think overall these three, I genuinely liked a lot. Um, other than like it kind of ending a little weird. Um, the buildup is, is fun. Um and I, I could have put it in anchovies, but like we, we'd already talked about it, how like it does kind of leave a lot of unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and now thinking about it, I probably should have put it in anchovies because like we don't ever find out if April got Casey out of <laughs> out of jail. There's that That's too. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, moving on to issue 22 then. I love Pimico's hair attack. Like it's such like an over the top like fighting game move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is that oh. in Mortal Kombat that has the blade at the end of her hair? Uh I think you're thinking of Sindel. I know she's got like hair that she can control and do stuff with. Yeah, I think she can whip with it, but I don't think she can actually like she doesn't have like an attack like she doesn't have like a blade in it like Pimico does. Yeah. Oh, okay. But but it but it is like Pimico's essentially a video uh, like a, a fighting game character. Mm-hmm. She really is, which they were huge at this time, right? Like 99, 97. Well, and, no, not really, because like we're we're way post. Like we're in the bad Mortal Kombat years at this point. Oh, we're in a was it Killer Instinct time? Uh, was Killer Instinct? Killer Inst- I mean, nineteen Killer Instinct was on the sixty four, right? I didn't have a Nintendo sixty four, and I never played. Uh, uh, we're a little past it. Original Killer Instinct was in the arcades in ninety four, mm. so we're about five years after that. Still, though, we're getting into 3D fighting games and the early days of 3D fighting games weren't great. So, uh, I see. Well, either way, she's like a fighting game character, which yeah, I love yeah. fighting games, so it works for me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I loved, I kind of loved that. It, it was a fun kind of move thing. It, I, I guess I just like over the top fighting martial arts stuff like that. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, the lady shredder isn't pimico because yeah. like, it seems so obvious but it, it's just like too obvious right so yeah. there's an era of mystery there yeah yeah no as i was, was going to say that like with issue 23 is like i do love a good mystery where you're like oh lady shredder it's pimico and then it's like oh it's not pimico who is it you know mm-hmm. so it leaves you kind of guessing and wondering oh and then you're like your your mind goes directly to karai mm-hmm. yeah which i did kind of spoil it for myself it's not yeah it is i think in the fan comic yeah i mean because the fan comic like that makes sense so uh i guess we could we could have talked about it here um how the timeline kind of splits here because there's an official ending that idw put out and a fan ending yeah and so i think carlson and fosco worked on both but they're very very different i don't know if you guys have read the fan one or not no okay it's quite a bit different from what idw put out but like apparently fosco at least had i'm sorry gary carlson had at least some say in the in the story and like provided notes to people for the fan ending which is quite a bit different than what happens in uh 
the IDW Urban Legends version. So it is is very much a different like timeline. Like there there are two separate stories there. The other thing that I kind of ended up really liking, well, not kind of, that I ended up really liking uh, in this story is how before like we kind of had like Raph where he was going through this like edgy phase where he was kind of like realizing he liked killing and he liked doing these things. But you soon he fights Pimico that like he's kind of gone over that. Like he's valuing life now. He's like, we can learn, I can learn things from her. Hmm. Like I, I don't want to just kill her. Uh, and he kind of refuses to kill her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of cool because it seems like he's kind of had an arc in that direction as well, where he now is kind of valuing and respecting life a bit more. He's kind of having a more of a, a conscience, I guess, when it seemed like he was kind of a going to edge, going to the edge for a little while there. Yeah, that's all I had for 22. Um, 23. I don't know if we've gotten this before, but we finally get a cowabunga in this issue. We do. Have we gone this yeah. whole series without a cowabunga? I think so. I mean, the entire Mirage era, except for that one issue. Well, at least everything written by Eastman and Laird didn't have cowabunga in it. There was mm. the the River Arc had a cowabunga. Uh, I think Casey said it. Guessed. Casey said it in that in that one with the golden oh, cow the golden, issue. You're right. He does. He does say it. But yeah, I, I think I think otherwise. I don't think the turtles say it in anything written in the like quote unquote official canon. Yeah, turtles. Yeah, volume two doesn't say it. Uh but yeah, they, they threw it in there. Yeah. I also I really I love that Michelangelo's gotten published. I think that's great for him. Yes. Dreams come yeah. true. Very wholesome, very fun. Uh I, I also like it when uh Leonardo's trying to ask uh Donatello to fix his hand. And Donatello says something along the lines of like, in a minute, you know, you want to give me a hand here? And then Leonardo tosses his hand on the table yeah. in front of Donatello. <laughs> it's like, big, big, uh, hey, Buzz, could you get up here and give me a hand? Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny, Buzz. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that, that joke still kills me from Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I also really like it. Just them like, saying that the turtles are all the same age because to me it's the only thing that makes sense unless you have like the idw backstory where they are reincarnated and they were different ages in their previous life mm. but, like it does not make sense for them to all not be 19 if they all got mutated at the same time like well, i like that this i think it's michelangelo says like leo thinks he's the oldest uh -huh. yeah which is like do they know that he's not or do they just not know at all you know uh-huh kind of cool yeah just kind of leave it up in the air but either way they like consider themselves 19 going off their mutation date i don't know for me that's like what makes sense for this origin story is for them to just consider themselves to be the same age <laughs> yeah i mean because that's because that's the thing is like they didn't really like how we we never really know how long they were turtles before they mutated yeah um so it really, it really almost doesn't matter other than like kind of us arbitrarily assigning an age to them. Mm -hmm. Like it really doesn't matter because it, what matters is just how long they've been the turtles. And like, you know, the fact that they are 19 now, like, has it been 19 years since they mutated? Like that's more important to them being like, oh, you know, I, I'm 18, but I was a turtle for a baby turtle for a year or two. 
I don't think turtles stay babies for even a whole year, but I could be wrong. I mean, they probably they probably yeah. don't, but like they don't grow full size in a year. No, probably not. What but is, but what is what the saying. dog years equivalent of turtle years? Because they live to be like 150, so it'd be like yeah, like, like some, a year. some turtles can live to be super old. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like there, there really isn't a. We don't really need to know that how old they were like before they were turtles. I don't know why I'm harping on this. Yeah. Um, so like there ha- there's not even really that many versions of turtles that like canonically give them an age either. Yeah, I've just it's seen like, like a few things where it's like he's 14 and he's 15 and I'm just like this doesn't make any sense guys. Yeah, like, like stop the, trying to do like this. The 2012 turtles have like they're 15 because that's the first episode. It's been 15 years since they mutated. Yeah. And, I think and it's that way in the original comics too, I want to say yeah and so it's like they're and so like they're 15 there um but then like 87 doesn't really say um does 2000 i don't think 2003 mm-hmm. says anything no it doesn't I think so um rise has ages but they're not i don't think they're in the show i think the i think andy had probably andy siriano had said the ages at some point uh-huh um and so it's kind of a word of God thing. Yeah. So I count it. Um, and then, yeah, I think, because everything else is like, oh, like we mutated 15 years ago. Because in uh, the 1990 movie too, like 15 years ago, blah, 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 when Splinter tells the story. But it's like, how old were the turtles at that point anyway? If it, anyway, again, if I remember this is correctly, a rat- I think there were turtles for two years. So I think uh, in the very first issue of the Mirage comics, uh, the events happened 15 years ago, but he's been training them for 13 years. So don't quote me on that, though. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> All right. My uh, last thing for this issue is I just liked him kind of becoming allies with Pimico at the end, you know, inviting her to the birthday party. And she goes, she's like, ah, you know, I guess I don't have anywhere else to be <laughs> kind of thing. And and goes with them. It is just a nice little, I guess, bow on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I like about the turtles too, is that they, they almost always would rather just be friends with someone that's trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. And so like inviting her to be part of the family, like that's nice. I don't know. There was that line where Michelangelo is like, I'm glad we're enemies with the Foot Clan again because I missed beating them up. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, mean, I love that line. <laughs> okay, there is there's some of that, but but you know what I mean. Like they yeah. um like they they very much try to like be friends with everybody. Yeah. Good stuff. So now that we're like we're not done with this volume, obviously, but we're done with like the original run. What do y'all think? What do y'all think of it? Like, I think it's great. I think it's much better than people give it credit for and much deeper than like, Oh, it's the one where all the turtles get mutilated. You know, I think it's much deeper than that and much more worth the read than just that surface level. You know, I think, yeah, I think it is a lot better than people give it credit for. Like I will still joke about it. Like, Oh, it's image. But it is a lot better than I originally gave it credit for. Um, 
you know, maybe I like it better than volume two only because volume two like doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I do like it for more than volume one. I did There are better volume one stories that are still like top tier, but I think volume three is the most consistent. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You're not, taking, totally. you're not taking it as like as a whole, like volume one as a whole, including guest Derek. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm taking all the issues that we read mm. as a whole. So like the high highs, and then like the extremely low, like dull Northampton stuff. Not all, not all of Northampton was dull. I'm just saying, like the the really out there stuff that. Uh, you can go back and listen to me saying I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but but yeah, I think overall, I think I think Volume Three is definitely worth a read, um, and I'm actually really excited to see how it ends. Mm-hmm. I am too. I, I remember reading it, but I'm like, I don't hardly remember what happened. So yeah, I I don't really remember either. So I you know I'm kind of excited to read it too. And for me, I yeah these. I really liked this arc the first time I read it. I like it the second time I've read it. Uh, it's really cool that it's bold and kind of goes for some status quo changes. You know, I think the most interesting thing it does is having Raphael become the Shredder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the coolest arc that we get out of this is that whole story. Yeah, like there is a lot of um, there is a lot of status quo changes here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And I think that is the biggest thing to kind of take away from this volume is that like they were really going for different stuff. Yeah. So like they, they really took them new places and explored some new stuff with them. Like I honestly, like as an alternate universe, really, really like it, especially like Donatello being a cyborg, you know, Leonardo losing a hand. Like there's, there's kind of, it just makes it feel like there's more stakes in their universe uh and that they're like that, that things change and that everything can be switched up things change uh, but yeah like it, it makes their universe not just feel like this static like let's always return to the status quo kind of thing uh over this run so i really enjoy it for that reason uh i do think that it's weakened by crossing over with the rest of the image universe that they had going on at the time yeah once they got out of that it got a lot better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then it's like, then I, I didn't mind it crossing over occasionally, but once it got out of like being all being a Savage Dragon spinoff, mm-hmm. it got like, it, it felt like they didn't have to rely on that anymore. And it's like the turtles never really should have had to rely on that, for, no. especially for that long. I, I think what a lot of it is, is, just Gary Carlson liking his creations and, and trying just trying to use them in turtles. Uh, which, uh, which fair. Okay. Like he had a shot to do that with. Um, yeah, I think it's like what every other guest artist did in the in Mirage volume one, right? Like they all put their own uh, characters into the turtles. So, yeah. But I think yeah. the problem, the problem is, is that it comes off as like very Mary Sue-ish. Like mm-hmm. it, it's all of the creators self-insert characters. Well, it just went on for so long. Too. And it went like, on for so long. I thought they finally defeated Death Watch. And then it turned out he just like teleported somewhere else and they had to track him down still. Jeez like, Louise. Yeah. Get over it. 
Yeah. He, doesn't he, he like puts Donatello in a coma like twice. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like the last thing is like, I, I really like the Galahad crossover. Like I thought that was done well, but then, but then yeah, it was like when they go to Chicago and everything else there, that's like when I really kind of. Yeah. Got there's a, there's as much as I was saying, like Mirage kind of had was kind of all over the place. Like this took a while to get going and it, it was it was good because it had to do a lot of world building. Um, and so, like, at the end, when, like, SOS showed up, like, I didn't really question it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think there, there's, there's higher highs and, like, lower lows in here. But once it takes off, it, it gets going. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall, I think it's enjoyable and definitely worth a read. I think that it's an underrated series. I think that a lot of people give it just a little bit too much hate because it dares uh, hurt the turtles. And yeah. I, I think consequences to them. I think, well, okay. So that's the thing. I think if this had been the Canon, like volume three, like and volume four built off of this, I would be, I would be upset mm-hmm. because like I, because reading this, I kind of just read it as a side story. Like like Soul's Winter or something, yeah. And so that's why I don't think it bothered me as much. But if it, but if this had been like the official canon ending, and like I would just be like, this is it. This is how it ended. So worth your time, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth your time. Definitely read this. Uh, you can read the entire run and um, the uh, official ending from IDW. Uh, on comicsology yeah and we'll be covering that official ending in a couple weeks we will we will nice. but anyway don't want to yeah, get too think, far ahead of ourselves i think if you're interested i think the fan endings are just free pdfs online you can oh really download they pro- them i mean they probably are so yeah they, i just found the links yep cool i am curious i'll share them with, I'll share them with you Cool. So we get to go on news then. I think so, Keith. All right. Take us in. April O'Neil, Channel Nine News. Uh, Channel Six News. <clears throat> Keep going. all right so in news today yesterday was turtle tuesday so that means we get our new reveals from NECA. uh so the reveals this week were the mirage casey jones action figure Uh, (laughs) i'm trying to do this with you doing that still okay all right go ahead sorry all right so the mirage the mirage casey jones action figure we finally got it revealed after being uh teased at the not toy fair back in february um and it is heavily kevin eastman inspired um that's the best thing to say about it because it actually i mean it does look really good um and not only that we got more pictures of the utram uh mandroid figure and also full solicit pictures for uh, Splinter as Van Helsing from the Universal Monsters Cross Ninja Turtles line. Yeah, for me, I'd definitely say that the Utrom exoskeleton is the strongest one for me. I I really dig that figure. It's it does look really good. Um, sweet looking. It would be interesting if you could, um, 
I mean, you you can definitely just army army build with it and just buy a couple, and you can have your own uh, TGRI. Yeah. So. Make fake skin to put over it. I, I don't TCRI. Damn it! I did it again. Just like dip it in like a blue translucent goo, like a twenty twelve series. Could do that too. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so all three of these figures are up for pre-order right now at the new NECA price of $37.99, um, due out later this year. Um, the I think the most interesting thing is that the Casey Jones figure, um, the color scheme that NECA chose for it is, it's kind of the same situation that they did with Renette uh, when they revealed her figure, how it's red instead of blue, and then... Um, we figured out that it was from the color classics version of her first issue. Which makes and me continue to wonder why do they keep basing them off the color classics versions? And so there has to be a reason why um, that he's colored and like his colors. He, if you look at like the original, like colored versions of Raphael number one, he's got, he's wearing a red like shirt with kind of bluish gray sweatpants. And the neck of the neck of Casey figure is like a blue, like blue pants with a gray sweatshirt. And just, it looks off. Mm-hmm. It, it almost looks off to the point where like, if you have the tune Casey Jones figure, you don't really need this one. Hmm. Yeah. Like to me, that's what it looks like. Hmm. It almost looks like he's supposed to be in grayscale or something, but he's not. That's kind of weird. I'm probably still going to pick this one up, though. He looks. Oh, I'm definitely. I definitely. He looks so sweet. Just he, even just the head with that mask on. I might yeah. toss the rest of the. Figures. I don't think. I don't think I'll ever use the other head. Um, no, like he, he's I, kind of fugly. I mean, yeah, it, it's heavily based on the way Kevin Eastman drew. He's not yeah. a pretty man. No. Um, but I, the masked head looks so good. Yeah, like it's got it's got those heavy Kevin Eastman lines that just make it like it's it's really good. Ooh, so he comes with an extra mask. Do you think it'll fit on a Raphael? No. So that's the thing is, so the extra mask is like the ultimate movie Casey, where it's like the the cord like that holds the mask onto your head um, is like hard plastic. It's for him to like hold it. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, not it's not an actual like stretchy material. Either way, still cool. Yeah, no, definitely a, a very cool figure. Yeah, like I said, do later this year. Uh, you can pre-order it now on uh, Big Bad Toy Store or go down to your local comic book store and uh, pre-order it there and have it shipped there. If your comic book store does does that. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna add. So, like, I don't know, we keep talking about how it keeps having to look. It looks like it's supposed to be based off the color classics, but, like, the Funko Pops have the right colors. Like, Shredder's been red. You know, there's there are those versions of him that are blue. I just, I don't know, I guess I keep wondering why they're going off the color classics version, but we've kind of already beat that dead horse. But it seems keep beating like... beating it. Beat that <laughs> horse. <laughs> but it just seems interesting that, that they're doing that. That's all. I kind of wonder why. That is strange. I didn't think of that. Because, huh. yeah, other other modern things like the Funko Pop that I, you know, have of Casey, he's wearing the red shirt. Uh, a lot of versions he is. 
it's just even they're like in their versions of shredder are wearing the red you know there's some versions that wear blue like the one that came in the loot crates but i uh i'm just curious as to why i guess uh so that later they can make a red one and sell that as well as an exclusive yeah probably exclusive yeah Mm. any more uh toy news there mike uh other than that uh we are in the san diego comic-con season so definitely keep an eye out for more of those the um stranger things cross teenage mutant turtles stuff we talked about last week uh that uh is going to be revealed the week that this episode drops um so definitely keep an eye out on target.com for that it's part of their like geekathon thing um that they do every they've been doing that now for like a year um so keep an eye out on that uh there's a cool uh box set of the best action teenage Mutant Ninja turtles from loyal subjects um another box set of these four turtles but they're done in like that kind of cool shadowy dark blue that the loot crate shredder from last year was in and i really like it and i kind of want that set but uh to get it because it's a san diego comic-con exclusive yeah well it looks like it looks like a lot of people's loot crates are starting to show up now finally for that first that as well yeah so if you have a loot crate um we're not going to talk about what's in it because i know some people don't like spoilers um all right but but it is but it is cool it is loot crate number three so if you pre-order that it has your claw shredder um loot crate number two the one with video game armagon uh is still nowhere to be found all right, cover your ears for spoilers if you don't want that that loot crate spoiled. <laughs> okay. All right, this is your official spoiler warning. Fast forward. Fast forward. I'm going to give Spencer 30 seconds. Okay. Fast forward 30 seconds from now. The coolest thing in that whole loot crate is not even the figure. It is the Utrom fanny pack. Absolutely yes. amazing. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty cool. 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have been timing this so that I know. I need to find someone. I need to find someone on the internet to just like sell me it. I think maybe maybe see if I can find someone that'll sell me theirs. I mean, you never know. Like there could be people that I I know there's a lot of people in the toy groups that are like, I only want the figure. I only want this, blah, 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 blah. So you, you could probably get the fanny pack. Um, I did. I did see someone say that, like, I don't want it. Anyone who wants it, but then other people already jumped on it before I could. So yeah, you got to live in those groups like I do. All right, so it's been about thirty seconds now. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go all quiet on me. That is so. That that's pretty much our news. Uh, one thirty came out. I think we t- mentioned it last week. One thirty is out now. Yeah. Oh, so that is the uh, that is the ending to the Punk Rock Frogs uh, saga. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Uh, so it seems like we are in Armageddon Games territory now, which, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about Shredder's Revenge. Oh, man, our first video game episode. Our I'm first excited. video game episode is going to be the most recent video game. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, which is fine, because it's the one that everybody's playing right now. So mm-hmm. um as kind of our lead up, we've been talking about, uh, we're going to be leading up to the Armageddon games, kind of reading that along with everybody. Um, and that first issue, I think, drops in the week after we're going to do our Shutter's Revenge. Right? Am I right? Armageddon game? Yeah. I can't recall. But uh, 
yeah sometime but we're yeah sometime in july so we're so we want to be able to give everybody a primer on that um let everybody know like hey like this is what you need to check out this is what this is referencing so we are going to be doing our best to kind of be your tmntpedia for armageddon game uh but yeah guys thank you again for a another fantastic episode of the ninja turtle power hour uh it's been a good week for everybody i think um ninja turtle wise so guys if you like us let us know somewhere on the internet uh join our discord uh hang out with us in there talk about all the fun stuff ninja turtle power hour ninja turtle ph on instagram twitter and facebook i'll leave a five-star review if you like it let us know what you don't like let us know what you want us to talk about on the show um because you know that engagement really helps us out you know let us know what you want us to talk about with Ninja Turtles too. So, anyway, guys, love you. All right, that's our show this week. Thanks again so much for listening, and until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Snicked. <laughs> I forgot a quote again. It's always, the, it's always the comic issues I forget a quote on. I was looking at I was looking up Hortus because I remember I remember thinking it was weird that she's like it it seems like she's like um like mentally like handicapped mm-hmm. and I was like I I'm trying to figure out like she's technically old like she was bo- like she has an official birth date of September fifth nineteen seventy five yeah and so like by nineteen ninety nine because remember Savage Dragon comics are in real time. So she technically would be like a woman at that point. Yeah. Um, like an adult woman. So it's so it's weird that she's like mentally handicapped, kind of maybe well, I don't she was know. kept in a basement for a long time. Yeah. So she's like she might just be socially stunted. Yeah. Um, but it just coming like when you're reading this character and you don't have like other back story for her, it comes off a little weird. Anyway, I was reading on the Savage Dragon wiki, and apparently Hortus is currently dead. And the only blurb about her death down at the bottom of her wiki of her Savage Dragon wiki page is uh, she later contracts COVID and refuses to get the vaccine. She later dies of COVID. Oh, wow. Really? (laughs) What? I was like, what? (laughs) So that is... Uh, on the official Savage Dragon wiki, um, I was just, I was just like, okay, it's an interesting way to kill off a character in your story, I guess. I mean, that's the thing is like because they age in real time, it uh, because they age in real time, then it's it makes sense that that would happen, but it's just so funny that like yeah. if that's true. Right. It says so, cause of death dies of COVID nineteen. Wow. Huh. And it's like I didn't hear anything about it. So the fact that like 
you would have heard of like a comic book character dying of that on the internet. So it's like, I don't know if this is somebody trolling the wiki page or, or what? Not a clue. Uh, let's see. So what a look weird. at the, the, the link to the issue that she dies in says under construction. So maybe it's not out yet. Let's see. Uh, let's see. It looks like it's coming out June 2022, so it should be right around the corner. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking on Twitter right now, and it there's stuff about it in there. But man, yeah, in store date June 15, 2022. Absolutely, that's crazy. Wow. I bet that will be a thrilling issue. I might pick it up just, just cause, just cause of that, you know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, why would I jump into a series of issue two sixty two? But <laughs> why not? I mean, it could be worth something someday. Speculation. Yeah. True. All right, guys, I sent you that link for the volume three fan conclusion. So feel free to read that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check also, it out. I've also gone back and I've been playing the the first of like the 2003 series games, the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I've gotten up to the final level and I got to the very end fight with Shredder and, and lost. A whole lot of E feet. And I, I don't have any desire to go back. And do it again <laughs> to go through that final state level again maybe i eventually will but man i just i struggle with beat em ups even even when i have like an attachment to it because it looks like the cartoon i grew up with and stuff it's, it's well, and like that that first game especially is made so poorly because you have to play like like five levels before you can even stop mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah you gotta get through it because whole... it doesn't save and yeah God, yeah so it, it and... doesn't it does save, but it's like there's a level, and then each level has like five stages. Five levels inside of it. Five stages, yeah, that you have to get through before. I think like the first episode is like eight stages. No, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. five, most six, but oh, okay. uh, it's, it's the very final level, though, that's like seven or six. It's yeah, worst- coming, come to think of it, I don't think I've ever built it or beat, beaten it. So, yeah, when I'm playing through with Michelangelo, and I don't know because I can't remember, but like you unlock characters. Uh, on certain levels depending on which character you are mm-hmm. and so michelangelo looks like unlocks hun to be like to be able to use in the 2v2 well the 1v1 i mean mode where you fight another player and so i don't know if hun shows up for everyone else on that final level but he shows up at the very beginning and he is not an easy boss to beat or at least not for me i might just suck but yeah anyway he completely drains most of your health <laughs> that first thing yeah perfect yeah so i remember like i think Raphael had casey jones and i think donatello fought baxter stockman Mm. i can't remember what leo had and if michelangelo's hun i don't know it might be leo might let you unlock uh their version of metalhead that has a different name Uh, oh yeah what the The turtle bot turtle bot there it is i always wanted that figure Never got it. It is pretty cool. It is actually probably one of my favorite designs for Metalhead. Uh, it's pretty neat. 
All right, yeah, I gotta go to the comic book store tomorrow and get get mine one thirty. I'm behind. I think I, I think my last issue was like one twenty six or something. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the cover A, and I do not like that cover at all. Whose art is it? I can't it's tell. It's not. It's not Pablo Tunica. No, but they switched it last issue. It's not Paul uh, in one twenty nine. It's not Pablo Tunica anymore. It's it would no Tunica's still on the art on this page. Um, like he it, Tunica is still credited on issue one thirty, but oh, okay. um, the cover art specifically is what I'm talking about. Like cover B is Kevin Eastman. Ke- uh, cover the retailer incentive cover is that cool one with the turtles back to back with the frogs. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know who drew cover A, and cover A is usually the one that I always get. I guess, well, I guess what I'm talking about right now is the internal art. So, on oh, this, yeah, you're, you're talking about the interior art. Yeah, no, no yeah. I got that. Yeah, it's Tony Gregori for, for the internal art of 129. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm struggling with both his and and Pablo Tunica's art styles. They're not necessarily, they're not like Pablo Tunica's art isn't bad. It's just like very stylized, and it's just stylized in a way that I just isn't doesn't. I don't really like. I guess. Well, I mean, that's kind of how like a lot of people didn't like Andy Kuhn. Yeah, and I I like Andy Kuhn's art actually. It grew on me. Um, I didn't like it at first. Um, I. think ben bates is probably my favorite um like that neutrino arc is just the best yeah i i really like ben bates ben bates looks good i really like santa lucos of course uh he especially like the way he draws shredder it's really good yeah. uh i like dan duncan's art a lot yeah i really like dan duncan's art i don't like the first couple issues for dan duncan but like later on it was better his, his i like i like the covers by dan duncan yeah, well, his art just has like a very kind of like energetic like feeling. Well, to it, like it felt like very like sketchbooky. Yeah, for, well, for the first issues, uh-huh. but like the way he, the covers that he does for the um the for the collections, I think that's his strongest work. Yeah, I, I, don't know, you I see what I'm talking. You see what I'm talking about that cover A. Yeah, I see it. Not my favorite. I, I, I don't like how April and Casey look on it. Casey looks very coy. It, they look like web like webtoon characters. Yeah. That's what kind of a lot of the the art so far in the series is. Which yeah. which isn't this that's not a that's not a knock against like webtoon artists because there are fantastic artists on webtoon. Yeah. Um and IDW is like, you know, they're an independent comic book company, so like they're gonna hire indie artists. So I get it. It's just not that's just not the strongest one I would put, especially on a cover A. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna go because it's hot and turn the AC on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes, have a good night. Already. Yeah. Let's we'll try and let's try week. and play shredders over the weekend. Yeah. Let's actually try and play it all together. That'd be cool. Dude, did you guys see that freaking that thing that Colin made for us? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Incredible. I don't I'm know going, how to stream on my Switch though. So I'm going to the middle of nowhere this weekend, but shoot me a Facebook message. I might be available. All right. We went to my wise family farm. So fun stuff. God, you're going to Northampton. Yeah.
Man, oh, it's way more than Northampton. It's, <laughs> it's the middle of of like Southwest Kansas. Like it's so flat. Uh, there's like a road that goes out the door, right? And there's a telephone line. And if you look in the horizon, you can see the telephone poles like steadily going down in the distance. It's there's so much nothing out there that you can see the curvature of the Earth. Wow, through those power lines, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway. I'll see y'all next week. Yeah, see you guys. See you next week. Take care. Hello. How are you? Good. Tired, but good. Tired, but good. Yep. Story of my life, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the heat's been rising here, so... I've been working in the heat lately. Uh-huh. It just takes it out of you. You'll have AC at least. Uh, in the building I'm in, there's a little bit. But okay, I, I meant like in your apartment. Like I know a dude oh, that lives in Arizona. Right. No, my, my apartment is fine. Yeah, it's great. I know a dude that lives in Arizona. He doesn't have air conditioning. He's like, I live up in the mountains, so it's not as bad. It's just like it's only like 101 degrees i'm like that's awful why, yeah, why don't you have air conditioning you'd still be living in arizona right yeah i mean i know it's a dry heat but goodness yeah that's fine yeah today wasn't terrible but uh still pretty hot out here i think it got up to 95 where i'm at it's a it's a wet heat here it's Ooh. always very humid yeah we get the the corn sweats not the corn sweats out here in nebraska yeah it's a it's an actual phenomenon that may or may not be made up like it gets so hot that the the crops you know sweat and that increases the humidity okay i get what you mean yeah yeah oh that is interesting i mean i know that there is a process of like the I don't know if it's the sweat itself. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember seeing it in a science book, Tyke's textbook, where like essentially the water evaporates like straight out of the plants because of the heat. Which that's I basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And we're we're the corn husker state, so we get the corn sweats. <laughs> there you go. Corn sweats. That's what I've never heard that before. <laughs> It's not said often. I'm trying to make it catch on, but <laughs> we'll see. Oh. How's your week been, Mike? Oh. Oh, we lost them. Perfect time. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that was quick. Man, he only said like two things and I was gone. Well, hopefully that's yeah. the end of it. Yeah, what all what do we have for news this week? I know we got the Casey Jones and Mer- Mona and Dirk Savage action figures. Uh, oh, Utrom pre-order. Uh, they all went up for pre-order last night. So it was Van Helsing Shredder or Van Helsing Splinter. Uh, Casey and Utrom went up. Uh, they are thirty seven ninety nine. So the prices went up a little bit again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually no the prices are the same um as the as like future toyed um god i just did news with jason last night uh 
there's more like the BST action figures. Um, there's there's a cool like wave of them that's or box set that's coming of them like all done in like the blue shadows that the that shredder like is usually colored colored in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really neat box set, and I actually kind of want it. Um, let's see if I can show you guys real quick. I think I saw. I think I might have seen that one. Um, and there's like the Shredder, um, Shredder Foot Elite, uh, two pack that's coming to Walmart. But I don't know, I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah, we can. If it is, is it just like a, an alternative thing you can order? Uh, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, they're San Diego ex- Comic Con exclusives, so uh, I don't know if I want to talk about exclusives because who knows when people are listen to, to this? Yeah, I get a hold of. Kind of want them though. They look good. I do want this Casey Jones though. He looks so cool. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about how the color color is weird. Doesn't have the red shirt. Doesn't have the red shirt. Yeah, that is interesting why they went with the white shirt instead. It looks like he's colored with a white one here in the issues we just read this week. Uh, well, like because this is clearly based on um, like old like Mar- I mean, this is clearly like Marat like Kevin Eastman Casey. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. The face uh, is like almost exactly on. He's ugly, like we said he was, I think, before. And yeah, yeah. But it looks almost exactly like the comic book. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Casey was is not a pretty man. Uh, so, like he looks, he looks right. Um, it's just that color. And then I saw this, um, and I thought that. Uh, I thought that I thought NECA had tweaked it and it turned out it was my friend Jesse. <laughs> I mean it does look, it does look better with the red shirt. Like the red shirt is just it's a good touch and it's I don't know, you can kind of tell that it's supposed to be red, I feel like. Well, I mean, yeah, like it matches like this when you Google Casey Jones, this yeah. is usually the picture that pops up. Yeah. And so like it's it's like the Renette situation. Like there has to be a, a reason why NECA's using that color scheme. Yeah. Oh, it's firework season. The- oh yeah. Which July Fourth is a Monday, so we don't have to worry about. Yeah, uh, color classics. He's wearing a gray shirt. I'm yeah, lo- I'm and- looking at the page you sent in the color classics version, and it's gray. Yeah, it's a, see, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's something to do with NECA having to use the Color Classics version huh. for some reason. It's really weird. Yeah, it is bizarre. I wonder why they do that or why they'd have to do that. So uh, I talked about that last night, but I want to talk about it again. All right, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. And I was just scrolling down Tom uh, down Twitter. And Tom- Tumblr. Tumblr, yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> never even been on tumblr but anyway Tom you're not Waltz, missing much i didn't think i was so <laughs> tom waltz actually just posted the thing of the nova posse and his thing says before they were a posse 
They were a squadron. Find out why in opening moves. So, because in, in Adventures, aren't they Nova Squadron? They're Nova Posse. Oh, they're Nova Posse? Not? Yeah. Okay. I believe. Well, because remember, I because I was calling them Nova Squadron too. Okay. Um. Hang on. Now aren't, I know. I guess. Yeah, I guess they were always the Nova Posse. Okay. I don't know where the squadron thing came from. Maybe it's just because they called him the squadron. And now they're calling him the Nova Posse again. I don't know. But uh it's like Posse Nova Nova some... Squadron is like there's Nova? like Nova Corps. And, well, yeah, yeah, Nova yeah. Corps, Nova Squadron is like a Star Trek thing and a StarCraft thing. Okay. Hmm. Doesn't Posse have some connotations of some sort? Like it's, I mean, a Posse is like you know a group of people on a ride. Yeah, but then they usually weren't they usually like helping round up free? Uh, they were something? not. No, they were not no. lynch mobs. Okay, I must be getting confused with something else then. Uh, I I know what you're talking about, but no, Posse okay. is uh. I mean, they, they may have called them a posse at some point, but I don't think uh, I don't think that was the term for them. Gotcha. Either way, cool sounding name, the Nova Posse. I like it. Yeah, it's almost as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, we ready to get started? Yeah, I think so.